I've got a sermon sat on my desk, but I'm not going to preach it. This week, as I was uh, watching the TV, Prince Charles, in fact, I was on the BBC News app, actually. I saw that Prince Charles had been to Scotland. Um, Oh, yeah, all right, Prince King. I'm sorry, Your Highness, for getting it wrong, especially as it's recorded. Um, So I'd seen on the BBC News app that King Charles had been to Scotland and he was being basically acknowledged as the King of the United Kingdom. And they had made him a Scottish crown to give him and he went through a ceremony in order to take that place of responsibility. And people were quite excited about the whole affair and everything, you know, it's quite, you know, it's... uh, I suppose for King Charles, you know, having been waiting for so long to actually fulfill the role he was born to, must have been, it must be quite a momentous time he is having currently. You know, in himself, everything to him in one sense is totally brand new. And yet outside the same place where he was being enthroned or acknowledged as king there was a group outside who had placards saying not my king not my king basically you can do what you like with the king you can give him a crown you could give him a scepter you can do whatever you like but he is not my king and I want to say this morning that throughout the whole of the worship today, there has, I feel that God has been speaking so clearly about his kingship and the need for us to bow the knee and acknowledge who he is. In Matthew's gospel, Matthew is writing to Jewish people and in Matthew's gospel, he records some of the life of Jesus And part of his recording is in chapter 21. It talks about how Jesus coming to that time of the fulfillment of all things for what he came for comes riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. And there's this huge, massive crowd either side of the road. At Easter, what we do is we call it Palm Sunday. That's what we call it. And people were waving palms and throwing palm leaves onto the road in front of him as he made his way down into Jerusalem. And it was the fact that he was riding on a colt to sow a fresh, born, if you like, never ridden before donkey. It was a fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy which says that the Messiah will come riding on a donkey. All right, And so this long-awaited thing that all these Jewish people had been waiting for for years and years and years was happening in front of their very eyes and they saw who he was. And so they stood there and they cried out with a loud voice, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And then went on to talk about how he was coming, Jesus was coming in the name of the Lord. And everything must have seemed absolutely amazing. Not Jesus getting off on his ego because 
Jesus is one of those characters you only have to read a little bit of the uh, of the New Testament in terms of the 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 you know Matthew Mark Luke or John and you will find that Jesus is not a people pleaser he doesn't care whether people that's probably wrong he cares about people but he, he's not worried if he upsets people or they turn their back on him. He allows them the freedom to make their choice. And here is this fantastic, huge crowd crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And Jesus must, and his disciples at least, must have thought, wow. I'd say the disciples probably more than Jesus because Jesus knew where he was going and what was going to happen. Everything seems so on point. He's coming, he is declaring he is a king, basically. He is the one who has been waited for. And yet only a few chapters later, in chapter 27, so you can read about the Hosanna bit in Matthew 21, I think it is. And then a bit later, six chapters later in chapter 27, Jesus is stood. And Pilate is there. And on one side of Pilate, there's a man named Barabbas. Forgive me for putting it this way, a scumbag. Somebody who had no time for Jesus, no time for anything about him. He hated Romans. In fact, I think, truthfully, he probably hated most people who didn't agree with him. And on the other side stood Jesus. And Pilate asks the crowd, as was the custom at that moment, who do you want me to release to you? And I've got to say to you that some of the same people who had cried Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest on the way in were probably in that crowd shouting out, Barabbas, Barabbas, Barabbas. And then Pilate turning to them says, what then do you want me to do with Jesus Christ? And that universal cry went up, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. I have had the privilege of going to Jerusalem and walking in those streets. And correct me if I'm wrong, Sarah, is it the Via della Rosa? Yeah. It's one of the places where Jesus would have actually walked up carrying his cross. And I want to tell you, I was there not carrying a cross, but just in the throng of an everyday crowd. And I want to tell you, it gave me totally fresh insight into what Jesus had to experience in order to even carry his cross all the way to Calvary, to Golgotha, where he was cruelly nailed to a cross, which has been called a tree. And then dropped... Because that's the only way it can happen. There's a, a vent in the ground. So there he is, nailed. Having been beaten, battered. Had his beard pulled from his face. Handfuls at a time. Having had a crown of thorns thrust on his brow. 
And they're not small thorns, you know. It's not just a little rose thorn. It's a, they're big thorns and they would have dug in deep and he would have been bloody and a mess. And his face would have been disfigured with pain, just like Isaiah says. He was so disfigured that you, no one would have wanted him. And they would drop that cross, however many even if it's only a foot 18 inches into the ground and it would hit at the bottom and his whole body would have jarred and the nails would have pulled. I want to tell you, nothing has changed. We have to make a decision, is he my king or isn't he? Is he my king or isn't he? You see, Satan believes in Jesus, but Jesus is not his king. The Muslims believe in Jesus, but Jesus is not their king. People think that he is a good teacher, a wise man, but he is not their king. You see, when someone is king, you have to acknowledge that king and you have to surrender to that king and you have to bow the knee to that king. I know we pay lip service probably in real terms, not in terms of Jesus, but when you think about King Charles, we have to bow or curtsy before him as a mark of respect. And I'm sure that there are people who go up and receive their touching of the shoulders with the sword and walk away, but behind the scenes probably do not care about his kingship at all this morning we worshipped the king of kings not just a king but the one who is above them all And every one of us this morning will have had to make some form of decision in our heart and our life. We can either just sing the songs because we like the tunes. Or we can sing the songs because we genuinely, genuinely believe that he is the one. The king of kings. Who can transform life. Who can bring hope where there is hopelessness. Who can bring joy where there is mourning. Who can bring transformation, can take away the sense of despair. He is either that king or he is no king at all. And there are people in this room who actually in their lives will know the thrill of Jesus touching their lives to such a depth and such a degree that it is transformational and it has changed them forever. And it does not matter. You can say that God does not exist because you can't see him. So it's all a load of bunkum. But I tell you, you will never take away from that person who knows Jesus the reality or the truth that he has transformed their lives 
Do you know why we're so thrilled and we worship? And I've got to tell you, I'm going to say something this morning, I don't want to upset anybody, but that's probably the best worship that I've had it in, in a long time. And I, that's not being critical. There was just something this morning where there were, for me, the sense of God. There was a bit of a breakout. A bit of a breakout. God is amazing. This morning, my challenge to you is, is he your king or isn't he? That's my challenge. And I'm not just challenging people who are visiting us this morning. I'm challenging all of us. Is he our king or isn't he? Because if he is our king, even when we don't like what he says, we will do it. Because we acknowledge who he is. Even when we have difficulty with some of the things that we read in scripture, we will surrender to him. Because he is the king. Not many of us like and I'm, be, I'm going to be honest, and you, you, please, if I offend you by saying this, forgive me, because I don't mean to offend, but sometimes I struggle with the doctrine of hell. I do. I genuinely struggle with it. But I know that Jesus spoke about it an awful lot. And there is a hell to shun and a heaven to be gained. There is an eternity with Christ, and there's an eternity somewhere completely different where... According to scripture, there is, it, it's going to be the gnashing of teeth, it says. It's going to be a place of pain. It will be painful. And according to scripture, it goes on for eternity. And I struggle with that. I genuinely do. But I know that I, as one of God's creations, I have no right to say to the one who created me, you shouldn't, and why do you do that? I think, literally, I want to just pray. I don't know what we're going to sing. I'll go with Neil, whatever he decides. But I want us to take a moment to just bow our heads and sit in quietness. And I want you to ask yourself the question, is he my king? You see, the cross for me, which was such a barbaric act, is the greatest love story that has ever been told. Because if you were to look at the cross today, it is empty. But when Jesus died on it, it was like someone said to him, how much do you love me, Jesus? And he did this. He said, this much. And he stretched out his arms and he died. And he hung there for you. You know, all of us know that there are bits of our life that are not pretty. We've all got a past. We've all done things that we're not proud of. 
Son, people struggle with that now. But I want to tell you, genuinely, there is freedom from guilt and shame. There is freedom from guilt and shame. And you can come to Jesus this morning and you can say to Jesus, Jesus, I never realized how much you loved me that you would stretch out your arms and die for me. I want to ask you, Father, those things in my life where I have kept you out, where I have mistrusted anything that has been said about you, where I have done things that have harmed not just God himself in terms of you've caused him to grieve, but where I have hurt other people, Lord, I want to bring it all to you and I'm asking you simply to forgive me and give me a fresh start, a new start, to walk in a new way. And I want to tell you, if you say that with sincerity and you mean it and you ask him to come and cleanse you from your sin <clears throat> and cleanse you from unrighteousness, in other words, not walking rightly before him, then I want to tell you, the Bible tells us that he is faithful and he is just and he will forgive us our sins and he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. For those of us who've walked with Jesus for quite a while, it doesn't mean that we don't give a moment to look at our lives and ask ourselves, where are the unsubmitted areas in my life to you, Lord? And we bring them before him and we ask him the same thing, that he will forgive us, that he will cleanse us and he will make us right with him afresh today. Scripture says this, that God's mercies are new every morning. You don't have to carry yesterday's baggage when you bring it to him. You can leave it behind and walk in a fresh and new day. Let's just bow our heads for a moment. Lord, as we wait just for a moment in silence, Lord, I want to ask that you will speak to each and every one of us exactly where we need to be spoken to. And that, Father God, as we as things will come to mind, Lord, that we bring them to you and we just release them to you and ask you to cleanse us from our unrighteousness. And so, Lord, speak to us now. Holy Spirit, just come and, for want of a better word, Lord, brood over us. Open our spiritual eyes that we might see who we really are and where we really are.